We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. What it do, you number one podcast listeners. You have tuned in to a brand new edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I'm your host, Premel Bot, and this episode, I'm joined by my cousin, Roshan. Rosh, thanks for joining me on this one, bud. What's up, man? Glad to be here. We ready. It's been. It's, it hasn't even been that long, but it feels like it's been a long time. So let's 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 make let's it count. It. <laughs> All right. Before we get started with this number one podcast in your headphones, you number one podcast listeners, let's do our sponsorship. This episode is sponsored by Sleep Battle, a boutique photo studio in Asbury Park, New Jersey. From cinematic stills, unique and classic wedding and elopement photos, even dub-stopping product or commercial photography like you see for the Prem Brulee brand, Sleep Battle is a full-service studio. So visit their Instagram or website, at Sleep Battle, that's S-L-E-E-P-A-T-T-L-E, or sleepbattle.com, and treat your eyes to something nice. You already know, number one photographer yes, for the number one podcast in your headphone. All right, let's get it, man. Um, so, it's been a little little while, but uh, we got a lot to cover. So, I really like the Yeah Fam or Nah, the word association, so we're going to keep that rolling. You dig it, Rush? Yeah, fam, I do. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Let's get it. All right, so uh, give me a word or a phrase to describe each of these. Um, and first up, I thought it was right that we talk, um, yeah, Fairman kicks off with NBA playoffs. So obviously we're in the conference finals in the East. It is the top two seeds, the heat and the Celtics in the West. Um, it was initially chalk, but, uh, the three and four seeds won their series. So that's warriors and Mavs in the West. Uh, just some note notable teams eliminated. Um, obviously that everybody knows by now, but, the Brooklyn Villains, they are the only team to get swept in the uh, opening ha, ha. round. Um, petty alert. Petty alert. I'm so sad petty about alert. it, as you can tell. Uh, ha, ha. The defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, um, they were definitely impacted by Chris Middleton being hurt. So um, that probably played a major factor. And then the best record in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns, uh, lost to... Um, the Mavs in the previous in the quarterfinal round, and then the Philadelphia 76ers also were eliminated. Uh, Joel Embiid had some bad injury luck as well. Um, but your word, first of all, yeah, fam or not, and then give me a word to describe it. Um, typically, this is my favorite time of the year, but uh, this year is a definitely a nah fam. Um, and my word is lopsided. Um, I just feel like mm-hmm. there haven't been any good games, and like fucking two weeks now going on and um yeah just the teams that got eliminated like i was really rooting for you know Giannis back to back um you know he he kind of won me over big time last year like in a huge way so i was all in on Giannis and that chris middleton injury i mean even now watching the playoffs and seeing how inconsistent these teams are i think Giannis would have had that shit in the bag like i think he would have like gentlemen sweeped the Celtics and probably swept the heat and probably walked to the finals in four or five games. I just, I I wouldn't see a lot of teams. Every game against Boston was close. And that was Mm -hmm. with double, triple teams on Giannis. So. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, they took 
the Celtics to seven games and easily could have. I mean, they just ran out of steam pretty much. Yeah. Um, worth noting, speaking of Giannis, he's the only. Um, he was a unanimous NBA first team. Got all hundred first team votes. So those just came out. But yeah. Um. Anyway, um, my my word or phrase for this is LNH. Um, so I'm a nod to NBA playoffs. Uh, this is a good reminder that LeBron needs help. And now we have another one that's that's Luca needs help. So um, Luca does need Dallas help. Mavericks better better start building a team around that man before he leaves. Yep. Um, so LNH is my word for that. Great. What a callback, too. A nice callback. Maybe we add in a GNH just to... Giannis also needed a lot of help. Uh, he, he couldn't yeah, he, get... He needed more than he got. Yeah, get one of those role players to buy a shot in that in that series. When you when you got Brooke Lopez playing big minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh! Got some issues. Brooke Lopez and Grayson Allen, man. Jesus. Yeah. He's a stand-up, stand-up player. <laughs> Great tactics on the court. Grayson Allen. <laughs> um, all right. Let's stick in the NBA. All right. The NBA draft lottery. So, this the NBA is unique in this uh, that they um, determine the draft order in the upcoming draft with a lottery system, as we all probably aware of. Um, the results of that just happened. Um, the Orlando Magic um, secured the number one pick. They had the second best odds, which, if you remember, in the last couple years, I think the bottom three teams have the same odds, but. Um, Orlando is the second worst team. So they went up from number two to get the number one spot. Um, worth noting, they've had a couple other uh, first overall picks. Man by the name of Shaquille O'Neal, you might have heard of him. Um, and then their other um, number one pick in history was, I think it was the subsequent year, if not the year after Shaq got drafted, uh, the Magic got the number one pick again. And they used it on Chris Webber, but that uh, Chris Webber was then traded for Penny Hardaway. Oh! Uh, that mm. one worked out pretty well for them, too. Yeah. Great. Anyway, um, back, back to the order. Uh, the Magic got the first overall pick. They were up from the number two best odds. Oklahoma City went up from number four to get the number two pick. The Rockets had the worst record, um, but they were stuck with the number three pick. Uh, the biggest jump was the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they had the, um, they were up from number seven. They had the seventh best odds to get uh, the top seed, and they actually um, got up into the top four. And then the Detroit Pistons went down from three, entered the fifth overall pick. So um, the biggest shakeup was the Sacramento Kings. Uh, those that are nerds like me, a couple years ago when they changed the odds, uh, the other thing they determined was. Basically, they draw almost like lottery balls. Um, they used to only do the top three picks, and everybody just filed in after that. With that odds change, they actually draw numbers for the top four picks. So that's why you see the Kings go up from seven to four. Um, anyway, so you got Magic, Thunder, Rockets, Kings, and Pistons. Um, Rosh, I know you're a big college basketball fan, <laughs> um, but figure for the number one podcast listeners that aren't big basketball college basketball fans um this upcoming draft does have a consensus top three Mm -hmm. in the draft um however there it's the jury's out on who is the best of the three and um i personally don't think you can go wrong they're um pretty good at different things yeah um those top three are chet holmgren from gonzaga uh top recruit he lived up to it did very well Mm -hmm. jabari smith from auburn 
had a phenomenal season. And Paolo Bancaro from Duke, who is very versatile, um, tall, can handle the ball, shoot, drive, defend. Um, So there isn't a consensus number one out there, but those are the three names you probably will hear go one, two, and three in some order. So um, what do you got? You yeah, fam to this? Um, Nah, or and give me a word for it. I think the only reason I'm a yeah fam is because the Rockets have a top three pick. Um, I think that's yeah. – so my word's going to be exciting. Uh, I, I caught a few games this year um, more than I – I feel like when the Harden years were on, like I got real tired of his shit at the end of the time. And I caught a lot more Rockets games this year than ever before. And they – I mean every single game I watched they lost. But they were very competitive. So they were tanking – the way you need teams to tank like they weren't just getting blown out but Jalen green and like some of these young guys man you add one of these three guys it's gonna be a fun team to watch so uh, it's pretty exciting i actually this is the year to i know the rockets had the worst record so you want to get the number one pick Mm -hmm. but it's not a bad spot to be in to just wind up with whoever's left. let them let them fall to you let them fall to you and then there's no pressure on you so if the guy stinks if you end up with like Chad Holmgren and he stinks, blocks. you're gonna be like, "Yeah, all right, well, we were gonna take him regardless." So, and you can always be like, "Well, I was gonna take Paulo. I was gonna take Patrick Mahomes." <laughs> Do you see that video? Of that guy <laughs> who was yep. interviewing Paulo yeah, and was the, like, "Hey, Patrick, Patrick, F one race." Yeah, yeah. this is amazing. Um, I do think each of them still fits with Jalen Green. Like, yeah. You're not- no matter who you wind up with, it should be fine. Yeah, in that young of a team, and and no matter what, they're so young. It's like you can kind of build pieces around them afterwards. For sure. Yeah, um, I'm a yeah fam to this, and I would say my word for this is nerd. I'm a draft nerd, so I I eat this up. And um, I know the NFL draft is big for a lot of people, but the NBA draft is um pretty fun too. It's just really accessible. It's just one night. There's only two rounds, so it moves pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think especially this year, um, because March Madness was back and so many people tuned in, um, kind of after having two weird seasons, one without a tournament and one with the tournament without fans, um, people are anxious to, you know, watch and there are a lot of pretty big names. So I think it should be a pretty fun draft. Um, but I love the top three, my personal top three. Um, player, I think for me is Bancaro. I've just seen him play, and I think his game translates really well to the NBA. He's like exactly where the NBA is heading. He's super versatile yeah. player. Um, I think it, I'm kind of biased because I've watched him more than the other two. Sure, um, you can't really go wrong, but I, I think I like his game the most uh, as far as like immediate translation. Holmgren might be the biggest upside. Um, yeah, same with Smith. He, has a lot of development there so you can get a lot out of them but um it's an exciting draft i'm i'm with it yeah all right next up i had to talk about this um this kind of dominated airwaves um but this nick saban versus jimbo (laughs) fisher saga so a little background you number one podcast listeners in case you're not looking for college football news because um i think we're officially under 100 days out but you may not be in that vibe yet um, recently at a speaking engagement on May 18th, Nick Saban said that Texas A&M, quote, bought every player, end quote, in its highly regarded 2022 recruiting class. Um, Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class this past year, um, and 
I'm assuming it's no coincidence that it has to do with the um, NIL that is now available to football players. But um, nonetheless, Saban, this is the first time Saban has mentioned a school by name. He's hinted a lot of times, but never outright said it. Um, in that same, I think it was like a seven-minute answer to a question, he also called out Jackson State. Um, and that's a, you may know this is a HBCU football program led by Coach Deion Sanders. Yes, that Deion Sanders. Um, he said, quote, Jackson State paid a guy $1 million last year who was a really good Division One player to come to their school. It was in the paper and they bragged about it. No one did anything about it, end quote. This was no doubt um, likely referring to former Florida State commit Travis Hunter Jr. He was the number one prospect in the 2022 re- recruiting class. Um, you may or may not remember that he stunned um, – football in general in December's early signing period when he decided to decommit from the Seminoles and sign with Jackson State. Um, Coach Prime called it a lie, while Hunter, who's um, on Twitter, at Travis Hunter Jr., tweeted the following, I got a mill, but my mom's still staying in a three-bedroom house with five kids. (laughs) Laughing emoji. So, congratulations. You played yourself. Um, you knew it was going to be good when Jimbo Fisher the very next day called an emergency press conference. You just knew something was brewing. So um, he called Saban a narcissist and said of him, quote, some people think they're God. Worth noting, Jimbo Fisher was Saban's offensive coordinator when uh, Nick Saban coached at LSU from 2000 to 2004. Um, Fisher practically laughed off his former boss's assertion that there's always been parody in college football and NIL threatens to undermine that quote. He's the greatest ever, huh? When you've got all the advantages, it's easy. End quote. It's the pretty boys versus the petty um, both boys. Saban and Fisher were reprimanded by the sec conference. I don't know what that even means <laughs> by them, but whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, Saban's historically hinted at schools like where it's like, Oh, it's pretty obvious. He's talking about Georgia or A&M, but he's never flat out named schools before. A lot of Nick Saban defenders believe that his comments were more of a warning to his own boosters in Alabama to basically step it up or they're going to get passed, but not exactly the way you want to direct those, um, that question. Obviously, the day after Jimbo Fisher's press conference, Saban tried to walk back his comments and do damage control. To no avail, I think he said something like, I tried to reach out to Jimbo, but he didn't answer. Uh, yeah, no freaking, no freaking duh. Um, <laughs> but I am absolutely a yeah fam to this, and my word for this is juicy. I'm here for all of this. And by the way, you number one podcast listeners, Alabama plays Texas A&M on October 8th in Tuscaloosa, just for your information, in case you're wondering. Jimbo Fisher says he has nothing to say to Saban, so that it's going to be all eyes on that pregame powwow that coaches always do with their arms (laughs) folded and afterwards after the game. So what you got for this, Rush? Um, My my word is fist fight. I don't care to hear from the (laughs) oldest, richest men in uh, college football. <laughs> yeah. I don't care who argue. I don't care to hear them like argue about who abuses the system more or whatever. Throw hands if you really yeah. bout it, Grandpa. Let's go. Put that shit yeah. on pay per view and let's let's do this thing fun. Let's let's really make some money. Yeah. <laughs> They'll make their year salary in one night if they did that. That shit would be fun. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. I don't know. I. 
it's hard to like ever side with Saban. Yeah, I don't. It's I just he's lucky he's so good at what he does. Yeah, because he would have been out of the sport. He's such a whiner. Like losing is not a good look on him. It's always when he's losing too, and it's like he just lost a final. Lose that out. He really doesn't. But when he does, he loses like spectacularly. Like all those memes that exist of him, where he's like, "We're not going to," so quit asking. Like he's been like this. This is what he does. He's a sorest loser. Very sore loser. (laughs) I gotta respect it though, man. I gotta respect the sore loser. I mean, I'm a sore loser, so I mean, I don't know what I'm complaining about. I get it. It's just, yeah. it's just a bad look when you've won so much. Yeah, like, it's different when you're a sore loser when you like really been through it. For you sure. Know? Like, yeah. What the hell do you have to complain about? Yeah. You had like the number two recruiting class. It's like you're gonna be just fine. Yes. It's, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Anyway, that wraps up our yeah, fam or nah. And uh, you already know what time it is, you number one podcast listeners. Your favorite section, my favorite section. Yes, sir. Um, but not our blood pressure's favorite section. <laughs> Let's hit that intro, baby. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we petty. Petty LePew. Go. Here we go. All right, you number one podcast listeners, it's time for you played yourself. And we got a doozy here. We we gotta come correct with you played yourself as as usual. It's on brand. So first up on you played yourself. I gotta give it to um one of the guys we mentioned before, but um another also. You played yourself goes to Devin Booker. And Giannis Atenacumpo. Listen, first of all, let me run this clip as a preemptor. You shouldn't have been talking shit. That's right. You shouldn't have been talking shit. So, <laughs> Devin Booker mocked Luka Doncic after the Suns' Game 5 win over the Mavs. He stayed on the ground after a drive to the hoop that led to a foul. He called it the Luka special and cameras caught it. Um, then the Suns proceeded to not show up for Game 6 or 7. Um, and left the playoffs early despite having the best regular season record. Before I get your thoughts on this, uh, the Giannis part of this. Um, Giannis stared down Al Horford after a big dunk in game four versus the Celtics. Um, The Celtics then proceeded to come back and tie the series and then eventually won in seven games. Um, You might think, oh, that's a little early to be like, you, you know, on you played yourself, but had the Bucks closed out that game, they would have went up three to one. And we all know the only team that comes back from three one is Lagod <laughs> James team. So what it do, baby? Yeah. You played yourself, goes to Booker and Giannis. Run that clip again, baby. <laughs> you shouldn't have been talking shit. What you got for me? Yeah, I mean, I I can't disagree with either of those. I gotta honestly, I gotta throw Chris Paul in the mix too, man. Um, yeah. I love the guy. I've been kind of rooting for him. Like I know a lot of people hate him, but um, you know he in in the playoffs historically, this guy's seen a lot of bad luck come his way. Uh, as a Rockets fan, none worse than 2019 when he when he hurt his hammy and all that happened, yeah. and you know had to watch Warriors. Blah blah blah. Um, but man, he has zero excuses for this one, man. He was just a ghost in that series. I don't know what happened to him. It's like he was – he didn't look like himself, honestly. He wasn't shooting the ball. He wasn't really facilitating well. He just turned into he, – he actually looked like his age. And I was like, damn, is it time for him to retire? But I was like, I know he just played a great season. So I don't know what happened to him in this playoffs. But yeah. I hope they get it together. I hope they 
honestly, like, just pull a trade or somehow and get CP on LeBron's team because I can't watch another year of Westbrook being on fucking LeBron's team. Sounds – I like your point about Chris Paul. It's like – I mean, you – he's a little bit polarizing, but I think, like, most people – most people want to see him win. Yeah. I mean, you have, like – the Chris Paul haters are really loud. Yeah. But there's, like – different levels of being cool with yeah you want to see the games like generational like players like win rings like you want to see Melo win a ring you want to see cp win a ring i mean if you know like d wade lebron all these guys bosh they've all won rings thanks to lebron you know not wade obviously but you know like it it was so cool to watch jr smith win a ring so it's like of course it'd be amazing to watch cp win a ring but yeah, you got you can't you yep. can't do it. That game seven, and man, they, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Yes, yeah, didn't show Fucking up. Fucking forty I it. down what forty plus points on your home floor in a game seven. So and Booker, yep, speaking of Booker, himself. he was quoted as being like, "There's nothing more exciting than a game seven on your home floor. That's why you play all year for." I'm like, bro, you had like nine points. Like, what the yeah. fuck? I couldn't believe how much he, of a no show it was. He literally went missing after he talked that it's shit. It's crazy. And, um, and I mean, he's first-team All-NBA. You can't have that. No. You're the best team in the league yeah. all year. And then you choose then to lay an egg. I mean. Runaway best team, too. By, like, over 10 yeah. games, they were the best team. Like, that's. It's like, a definition of not being clutch. Yeah. I don't know what happened, man. And they have some questions. Like, um, they didn't take care of signing DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. So, what do they do with him? Do you. Let him walk. Do you try to sign and trade? I mean, Chris Paul wants to stay. What do you do with that situation? Yeah. I mean, the Suns are close, so you would think. I'm sure most fans want to want to run it back because yeah. they were the best team in the regular season for mm-hmm. a reason. Like, was it just a fluke that they sucked? I, it had I mean, to have been because they had the so much depth is. too. Like that. Every time I just like look yeah. at their roster, I'm like, dude, how did they lose? <laughs> like they have yeah. like they four can, premier defenders on that team. team really- yeah, it's, yeah. It, they were built I mean, it's for playoff very, success. Very smart. Yeah, I I mean I would be inclined. I don't think Aiden's going to do a prove it deals though. So hell no, he's getting his to... money. Yeah, what they so should do is trade for Christian it. Wood. Trade Rockets for Christian Wood. Christian Wood fits the Suns perfectly. Give him a stretch four, play five. Dude can shoot threes. He's been. Aiden's been good. He handled his business. Yeah. He didn't hear a thing from him. Yeah. He was high percentage. So. I don't know. I mean, they spent a first overall pick, and yeah. um, you would think they want to hold on to their talent, yeah. especially since they should have been closer. But anyway, maybe that's for another time. Um, your comment about their Game 7 is a perfect segue. NBA playoffs, get a you played yourself for margin <laughs> of victory. You brought this to my attention. Um, this came from a tweet from Justin Fan. It's jfanned, J-P-H-A-N-N-E-D on Twitter, he um, broke down the margin of victory in the last 17 playoff games. Um, The smallest margin of victory besides one three-point game is like one six-point game and a whole bunch of nine-point games. Other than that, you have a 20-point, a two 25-point victories, a 33-point, a 28-point victory, a 27. There's a 39, a 30, and a (laughs) 35-point victory. So... All that, all these numbers, average to a margin of victory of nineteen point eight points. 
this tweet also said there's been a total of seven clutch time minutes, just seven, in 17 playoff games, in the last 17 playoff games. Yeah. And you know all I mean, seven for, of those minutes were probably in one of those uh, Bucks celtics games. Yeah. Like, yep. it's unbelievable. It had to be. Or maybe all of them were from those games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just – these playoffs haven't been very exciting. Um at least late in this conference round, I mean, it just seems like blowout after blowout. So you played yourself to us. There's a reason why people think it's the most boring playoffs is is the NBA. It, yeah. It's because of things like this. Yep. And this is in a year where there's been, last couple of years, been great parity. Yeah. So I feel like it shouldn't be like this, but here we are. You, you, know, you know the playoffs are bad when, if you count the last weeks of game, the number one highlight is an Andrew Wiggins dunk. Like... We fucked up, man. Yeah. Someone fucked up. <laughs> that ain't right. Betty alert. Betty alert. Yeah, we, got, alert. we got work to Maple do next Jordan. year. Maple Jordan. Maple Jordan, yeah. Jesus. Previously Maple Joe Rogan. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, you got one for us this this episode, Rush? I do, man. Uh, so right. uh, the the next you played yourself goes to me. As a as a person who came onto this podcast, the number one podcast in your headphones, and just whined and bitched and cried about losing Carlos Correa um, when he signed with the Twins, I was also guilty. I was going through it, man. I was like feeling my feels. I was like, I can't believe this guy walked. Blah blah blah. I can't believe we're letting a rookie just take the reins on a team that went to the World Series, and here we are. Jeremy Pena is. You know, the, he's leading the field for AL Rookie of the Year. You know, this kid is like this kid is special, man. I've I've gone to Minute Maid twice this year, and you know, he he's awesome to watch. He just has a lot of joy. He honestly reminds his player comp would be Carlos Correa. It's hilarious. Like yeah. James Click knew something that everybody else didn't know, and if he pans out, then and they save you know forty million a year, then. Godspeed, good shit. Uh, he's yeah. currently on pace for like the highest single season WAR in Astros history. I saw this on a tweet by MLB Metrics. Highest single season WAR in Astros history. Like Biggio's been here, Bagel's been here, yeah. Altuve had an MVP season here. Like that's that's stupid, man. That's not even a rookie stat. Like this dude's defense is very elite. He sees the box well. Uh, and you know, for a guy who only paid thirty games in AAA, uh, man, I can't speak highly enough of him. But yeah, that Pena power, baby, let's get it. So yeah. you played yourself to Houston, Houston Astros fans, and mainly me as a spokesperson. Yeah, Ghostros alert. No, Ghostros. No one's safe. No one's safe. Man. No one's safe. Yeah, man. we got to be fair to ourselves. Yeah. All right. Let's stay in baseball here. I got to do you played yourself to Yankees third baseman Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson called um, the Chicago White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson Jackie, a reference to uh, Jackie Robinson. Just joined the Yankees this year, I believe. Uh, Donaldson's been suspended one game and plans to appeal. Um, Just a quick background. Anderson took offense to the comment, um, as did much of his team. White Sox manager Tony La Russa used that exact term, um, stating that they interpreted it as racist. Um, Donaldson, after the game on Saturday, acknowledged calling Anderson Jackie. It's a reference to Jackie Robinson, who broke the Major League Baseball's color barrier in 1947. He called Anderson that in the first inning. 
The third base, the Yankees third baseman apologized, saying he meant no dis- disrespect. Uh, Donaldson claims that he has joked with Anderson in the past, as it references a 2019 interview that Anderson did with Sports Illustrated, in which he described himself as feeling like, quote, today's Jackie Robinson in how he's getting to a point where I need to change the game, end quote. Apparently, Donaldson, um, just from follow-up anecdotes, isn't a super popular guy in locker rooms he's been in, in the teams he's played for. But um, all that aside, I mean, I know you didn't mean disrespect, but you don't get to decide how people can or should think, take things you say. Mm-hmm. Donaldson's explanation is horseshit because it really doesn't matter. Just because you meant no disrespect doesn't mean Anderson can't feel disrespected. It's like saying, like, I'm not trying to be an asshole and then proceeding to say something that's an asshole comment. Yeah. It doesn't give you, like, reprieve from saying whatever the fuck you want. And it's clear it wasn't interpreted as a joke. So I also don't get the... I also don't get the appeal of a one-game suspension. Frankly, it doesn't seem like enough because um, in the world we're in today, there's no room for that shit. He's a Yankee, man. That's why. Like, you guys aren't close. Yeah. It's clear you're not close. So you joking with a dude, it's not not working for him. So why would you continue to do it? Yeah. I just – the logic doesn't make sense. But even beyond that, you have an explanation for it, whether you're right or wrong, whatever. That's not how he took it. So just apologize and shut the fuck up. I don't get this concept that we struggle so much with here. Like, it doesn't matter how you meant it. Yeah. It wasn't interpreted that way. Yeah. It doesn't even, in any sense, you didn't mean to say something hurtful. Someone interpreted it hurtful. Either you are sorry for it or you're not. But don't don't give me an excuse for it. Right. I don't. We don't need it. And it's just, so, it's crazy because it's like... You know, I, I like that you brought up that he was like he's not been popular in his locker rooms, and he's been in like seven of them, yeah. man. Like this guy's been hopping teams, and especially in the last what five years as a veteran, like these guys are just he's getting traded, he's getting you know cut, well not cut, but like you know traded and all this stuff. And my my thing with him and this whole fallout was like he just refused to apologize, like just fucking apologize. I meant no disrespect is not an apology. Like, just be like, I'm sorry it was disrespectful. It's the same probably amount of words. You could have said it a lot less. You might not have even gotten suspended. You just – you you were so unapologetic. You were doubling down and now you're appealing. So you're tripling down on this. And it's just like Tim Anderson was already like, there ain't no inside jokes with us. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, yeah. you don't have inside jokes with people you don't get along with. Like, I don't. Do you? Like this no, is fucking no. ridiculous. Yeah, like I mean, and, and they aren't and they aren't gonna lean towards anything no, to do with race. It's ridiculous. Or anything comparing a guy to yeah, literally someone who changed the entire face of baseball. Yeah, and he's like, like oh, he called himself no that first. Man. I'm like, bro, this argument. So my what? goodness, man. How many times has this sort of argument been made? Also, yes, for any other. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, we'll leave it at it that. It was. The more Josh Donaldson talked, the more I was like, this guy's a racist. <laughs> like, every time yeah. he said something else, I'm like, he's fucking racist. Yeah. Fucking clown. Super clown. He's like, he was like a statement away from hitting the bingo card. But... <laughs> I know. Yeah, for real. 
Well, I'm, I'm happy you followed up an Astros. You played yourself with the Yankees. You played yourself. That always makes me feel better. Yeah, it's all about it's all about balance. You know? <laughs> yeah, big time balance. We we gotta we. It still goes Stros over here. You know, so we'll see you in the ALCS. Um. So before I kind of um get it to a lighter mood. I felt like um, we'd be doing a disservice. You know, we talk about some serious things on here. So I um, wanted to real quick have you and I talk about uh, the yet another school shooting that happened uh, this time in, in your state. Um, it sucks that we have to say yet another and this time it's in this location. Right. Um, but uh, this one was in Uvalde at um, Rob Elementary, I believe yep. it's called, um, where... I've seen multiple reports. Um, I think it's 14 students. I've seen upwards of 18 students um, died by uh, a gunman. um, And uh, at least one teacher died. Um, You know, I'm going to go ahead and go first because uh, obviously the You Number One podcast listeners know, uh, you know, I'm a new dad um, and my son's not going to school yet. You don't need to be a parent to to feel, feel things about this. Um, but also my wife's a teacher and school's supposed to be the safest possible place you could ever send a kid. Um, it's supposed to be welcoming. You're not supposed to fear for your life going to school. Um, and I just can't, I can't figure out why it's why we're still doing this time and time again. Literally nothing, nothing is changing besides the solution is to prepare kids or to prepare teachers to run drills. Yep. Why should it be their job to have to protect themselves from fear of death while they're at the safe, previously safest possible place you, you can go instead of just doing the common sense thing and addressing the root of the problem, which is the astronomically too easy access of guns and automatic guns and every type of gun and no background check, nothing. How how many times can we see people go to regular places where they should not feel at risk? Places like a grocery store in Buffalo, places like school in Texas, school after school, and we see people die just going on a regular errand or doing their regular daily things running their daily lives and not coming home to their families. How many times can we see this? It is, it's impossible to me. It's like we're banging our heads against the wall, watching this happen over and over again. And there are certain politicians that all they want to offer is thoughts and prayers. All they want to offer is doing just silly half-assed solutions like, arming teachers or or having armed security at schools mm-hmm. instead of just saying you know what maybe i shouldn't take this astronomical donation from the nra and maybe i should vote how my constituents want because the fact of the matter is political party aside a vast majority of people in this country want common sense gun reform yeah they want background checks they don't want access to these automatic weapons that you see in the military. Most people, regardless of party affiliation, want that. Yep. And yet here we have 
at least half of the Congress that won't even vote for the common sense gun reform. So I, at this point, it's like you, we're numb to it, but we can't be numb to it because we can't possibly just chalk this up to another school shooting because those are innocent kids that didn't get to go home to their parents. It's the end of the school year. They're probably making plans for the summer yep. vacations, playing with their friends, all that stuff. And then something like this happens. So, um, you know, I sense the frustration, but don't let that frustration, um, you number one podcast listeners out there, don't let that frustration numb you because um, that's when we just are doing nothing. And I know it feels like we can't do anything, but there is something you can do. And, and that's vote. I know everybody says it. And some of these things, you number one podcast listeners out there, I don't know if any of you are out there that are conservative. I know you have your beliefs, but some of this stuff is bigger than that. There has to be something done about these politicians taking money from places like the NRA and it exchange go against what their constituents are telling them. Our one possible action at this point, it seems, is to vote those people out. And it's as simple as that because I don't I don't think we should have to see this happen. Nobody does, obviously, but time after time after time. And you can't say that there are no solutions. You can't chalk it up to anything else because other countries aren't having the same problem as us. They're not blaming it on mental health. They're not blaming it on all... They made reform. We're the only ones that, do, that don't. So by definition, we've tried your thoughts and prayers already. There's been enough of a sample size to show that your thoughts and prayers aren't working. And it's time for something else. For crying out loud, it is time for something else. Because no teacher, no kid, no person going to the grocery store, nothing. You shouldn't have to fear for your life. You shouldn't have to be prepared to defend yourself in a place that's supposed to be the safest ever, that's supposed to garner growth and make you in a, a positive impact on the society. Yet we're doing all these things to protect the wrong things in our society. So anyway, I know I went on a long thing, but I'm sorry. It's just, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to do, but I'll leave you with just vote. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely frustrating, man. Uh, you know, this is in Texas, like what two hundred miles from the crib, so it's it's mm-hmm. pretty close to the vest. It's weird just seeing the news and seeing all the stuff about Texas. You, I had to. Look, I've never heard of that city, so I had to like look mm-hmm. it up, and I was like, wow, it's pretty damn close. It's a three hour drive for me right now. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with every point you hit on. Um, at the end of the day, this is a human, human humanitarian issue. I don't think this is a policy, like a political party issue, but it continues nope. to show itself as one, and it continues to be presented as one in you know with politicians and stuff. And yeah, I'm that's what I'm truly t- tired of because it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. Because it's like, man, these kids. If you're not, if you're in elementary school. No one's above the age of 10 that's a ch- the kid there. You know, like every one of those 14-plus kids that die is under 10 years old. Like that's – that like puts knots in your stomach. Like that's gross. That ain't right. No, it's not. So, um, yeah, the one thing I'll – you know, you and I leave the number one podcast listeners out there with is 
everything in your every fiber in your being is telling you to be numb to this and move on try not to you know these things are important um and they gotta they gotta be in the face of your um elected officials and if none of your elected officials are doing anything about it it's time to get new elected officials so just keep that in mind as voting happens just no excuse for this no matter it's like you said no political parties here this is about people living (laughs) just doing ordinary things and not coming home to their families for sure there's nothing political about that anyway okay before um let's bring it back to something light to finish up you played yourself um you know i never want to shy away from difficult subjects so um you know you and i texted and i wanted to touch on that a little for sure appreciate appreciate you bringing that up and uh, appreciate you number one podcast listeners for indulging us here okay on a lighter note let's finish up you played yourself you know i've been trying to mix in ones that are non-sports related um, I got a lot of hot takes and opinions on things, so um, I figured this is the appropriate avenue. Um, I got a couple candidates for immediate retirement, and they all need to be put on official notice if you played yourself. First up, and you tell me if you agree with these and if you have any to add after this. Okay, first up, if you know, you know. Usually, caption and the abbreviation I-Y-K-Y-K needs to be retired. Next up. <laughs> Fraye. Fraye. Are, are we serious about this? Instead of day, we're saying yay? Stop it. Enough. Next up on this list. Okay. Um, Fellas, this one's directed more towards you. If you find yourself with either of these combos, you should have been done with these. First up on this is jeans with a sport coat or blazer. Stop yourselves before you even start. Nobody needs nobody needs the dad traveler <laughs> uniform here, okay? Just quit it. Chances are you got other pants to wear. At least put on some damn khakis. And none of you are about to tell me that jeans are that comfortable anyway for us dudes. So just quit it. Next up, I just saw this on a, we were on a family walk and I saw this, this dad rocking pants with the thong flip-flops. Ouch. Stop, guys. Never. You're wearing pants, close those, close toe shoes, guys. Let's, let's keep it there. We don't need any, anything else. Unless you got those snap or sweatpants and you just walking out to the, get your mail or some shit. You're not going out in public in that look. So (laughs) let's quit that. I mean, borderline, you. You shouldn't have a use for thong flip-flops, but I get it. Some people at the beach like them, whatever. Like get yourself some slides. The beach is the Be only the beach is the only place you need to wear those. Uh, I have no reason yeah. to believe that they're at all functional in any other capacity. This man that triggered this thought process in you was having a family walk is what I'm gathering. No, we were on a family walk. He was we lived near a school and this guy was like walking with his family and he had like jeans and just like Dressed pretty nice. But he was out and about, though, right? That look. He was out and about. He was out and about. That's fucked up, sure. man. That's not right, bro. Think of your, yeah. think of your, uh, think of the foot support, man. As an old man, as a dad, you should be concerned about your foot support. You're not getting anything with flip flops. Exactly. <laughs> get some, get had, some like, Crocs. Get some too. Crocs. You know. Amen. Comfort on the feet, heat in the street, baby. <laughs> okay. 
bonus one this is something that's on the brink of extinct extinction um and that's the gritty uh folks out there i think it's time we um preeminently retire the gritty it's in real danger right now you know it hasn't been killed to the point y'all did the dab but i'm trying to prevent a crime here so please don't play yourselves and let me see a video of you trying to gritty because no you did not nail it no matter how much you tried just look at dan orlowski doing it and just basically put your head on it because that's the best you'll do and it still doesn't look good we're, we're an ellen and we're an ellen gritty away from from having a real conversation 100%. <laughs> once ellen does it you guys are gonna have to stop so you might as well do it on your own terms might as well do it on your own terms yeah. go out you know go out with some dignity um yep. but once ellen does it you know remember when hillary clinton hit that dab it it, yeah, it ruined us done. it ruined us so just just stop it now yeah stop i trust me you're not doing it <laughs> and before y'all ask jamar chase and justin jefferson are grandfathered in they can't kill what they made hype in the first place but the rest of y'all stop facts it. facts my friend deontay had me clarify that i said you know that makes sense because the people that made it cool can't necessarily kill it. It's the rest of you who try to think you could look as cool as them doing it. So this is true. Like, let those LSU boys keep that. Yes. All right. You got to need to add to this list. Um, immediate retirement. This is going to be a running list. You number one right. podcast listeners. Um, so as far as like phrases, I, I know you started with some phrases, but I did a I yes. did a thing. Is is one of the <laughs> worst. So bad. Uh, I, I've seen. <laughs> females say i did a thing and post a picture of their newborn child and i'm just like you you did not do this you didn't go here no. you can't do this you can't get away you know that jesse pinkman i need no you to way. cue that clip up <laughs> you can't keep getting away with this you can't keep getting away with it yeah why like they bought a new house i did a thing <laughs> No, you saved money for a long time, and you put a down payment on a house, and you did a house, and you got a house. You didn't do a thing. Stop it. Cut that shit out. And then, you know, this one This one is going to hurt me because I pride myself on not having boomer traits, but my boomer trait right now is hating the, the Gen Z phrase, uh, it's giving blank. You know, I, I don't know how to use it properly in context because I am above 30 years old. Um, so unfortunately, I cannot use an example. But let's say I'm wearing a hat and they're like, it's giving New York Yankee or some shit like that. I, I just don't understand why this phrase is clever or cute or any of this shit. Like that shit has uh, got to stop. And I, I'll have to get back to you on the fashion no-nos. But um, yeah, okay. the the definitely the uh, – Thong flip-flops and pants is a huge one for me. Hell no, yeah. I know, like, I feel like uh, my my hatred for jeans and a blazer is, like, controversial because a lot of people probably have family members that wear... They might have, like, family members wearing it while they're traveling for work right now. Yeah. And we've all seen it. But yeah. I just think, like... Sorry, Dad. Jeans aren't... Yeah, I know my dad's probably been guilty of it, too, you know, like... <laughs> I hope not, though. Yeah. You know, he's been dressing more fly lately. Yeah. So I got to give my pops credit for that. Yeah. But there's never a situation where you're like, you know what would go great with this blazer is a pair of jeans. <laughs> like, there's never. Is a pair of relaxed fit never, jeans, baby. 
yeah it's never on the hierarchy yeah it's like you can't tell me those are comfortable either i mean i know i'm i got a hot i don't even own jeans anymore but that's besides the point and jeans have their place just not with the blazer that, don't give me that yeah i know some of you might have been to a wedding where they wore jeans hell no <laughs> get the fuck out of here with that you number one podcast listeners hit me up do you guys have any candidates for immediate retirement i want to hear them um, I also want to hear if you think I'm wrong about these. I don't think I am. It seems like you agree with me, Rose. Yeah, I'm with you. But if if someone gets I in your hear. DMs and tells you you're wrong, we might have to hit them with yeah. the block. So congratulations, you played yeah, got yourself. some issues. And I need I need some real proof on why because <laughs> yes, you can't if just you, hit if, me with yeah, that. No, I don't. If you have a that. if you have a counter argument to like, let's say you have a yeah. counter argument to pants with thong flip flops, I need you to post a picture of you pulling off a fire fit with that exact combination <laughs> or your your argument will not be accepted from yeah. the congregation sorry yeah. there are rules to and this you can't delete that shit yeah, no. when you inevitably get roasted 100% you gotta take put it put that shit on your feet you like f- you mean it say it with your chest yeah hell yeah alright you number one podcast listeners. I wanna hear from you you know what are your candidates for immediate retirement I wanna hear them there might be things I'm missing but I need to hear them alright Let's move on to who you got and what you feeling, Rush. Let's do it. That was actually a really tame. You played yourself, man. I gotta say, I think, I think whatever you know, why, man? It's because there was very, there was like um, remorseful Astros and no Cowboys. Yeah. So that might be the that might be the formula. So yeah, don't, what I need to do is don't worry, you know. Yeah, what I need to do is doubt the Astros. Continue to doubt the Astros, yeah. say they are not going to win the World Series, and then when I come, when they do win the World Series, I can come on here and apologize for it. And same thing with the That's Cowboys, right. you know, just be like, you know, you guys do whatever you want, you guys suck, yeah. nothing. And then when they come back and win some playoff games, you're gonna be like, guys, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> even you, even you saying that sounds so far fetched. <laughs> Shit's like, never gonna happen. Yeah, they're gonna make a trade. At, the Astros not, are gonna make a trade at the trade deadline. Yeah. Then I'm gonna be on here like cussing up a storm. For sure. Yeah. No doubt. And it's and I just know I mean, no part of that it it would be like the best case scenario what you said about the Cowboys, but no part of that would hit because you know my ass isn't gonna be able to contain my full time. Facts. So anyway. That's that's why you're here, you number one podcast listeners. Nope. Let's not get it twisted. All right. Who you got what you feeling? Uh last episode I did an NFL draft preview with Thomas. Um, I'm going to have him come back and discuss most of these, but I did want to highlight a few for you number one podcast listeners while the draft is fresh in your head, a few recaps that might catch your ears. Um, first up, we talked about, um, ranking QBs, but I asked Thomas over under two and a half QBs taken in round one. Thomas did take the over, and he was very wrong, just like a lot of us were. Um, only one quarterback was taken in round one. That was Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh at 20. I asked him, because the over-under for wide receivers taken in round one was five and a half, and Thomas said the over at six, and he was correct. Um, all those names I mentioned did go. Um, London, Wilson, Olave, and Jameson Williams all went in like the top 13. And then um, there were a few other receivers that went in. I think they were all before like even the end of the first. Shout out to those uh, three Buckeye receivers that went back to back to back. Those being 
Wilson, Olave, and then um, Jamison Williams. And go Bucks. Go Bucks. 10, 11, 12, they all went. Next one I wanted to talk about, most of these I'm going to save for later, but he um, Thomas had a hot take that the Titans could take a quarterback, and they sure as hell did. Uh, they took Malik Willis, but it was not until round three at uh, number 86 overall, but um, he did deliver on one of his hot takes. The other ones didn't, but that's why they're hot takes. Uh, I just felt like I had to point that out for number one podcast listeners. He did deliver on that one. And we'll talk about the others later, and maybe we'll do that into the season to see how they start uh, panning out. Uh, one more thing. We talked about trades on draft day. Uh, we talked about Baker Mayfield, Debo Samuel, and, and or Kadarius Toney. None of those guys got traded, but a dark horse trade happened, and that was A.J. Brown was dealt to Philly on draft day, which was a major surprise. That also paved the way for the Titans to then take Burks, uh, who's basically his comparison was AJ Brown. So they replaced them because they weren't able to pay him. Um, and now AJ Brown is on the Eagles. So yay to the Cowboys. <laughs> Have fun with that one. That dude is a monster. Yes. Yeah. It should be fun. <laughs> okay. This week I wanted to keep it short and simple here. I want to get your pick for NBA finals winner. But it's a kind of a three-parter. Who wins against two in how many games and who wins MVP? Who you got? All right. Um, Dallas will lose this series probably in five games. I'm glad they, they're going out with some pride. Um, my pick was uh, Dallas initially. Uh, I was initially thinking they could pull it off in seven. I don't know what the fuck happened. Once again, LNH, Luka needs help. Um, I just thought by Honestly, them. I think – I think that game two changed the whole course. Yeah, that choke was huge, man. I had to yeah. watch that unfold, and I, it was pain. I was, I literally thought the same thing. I was like, that was the series right there, because you can't, you yep. can't go up. I mean, how many times have we seen this song and dance with the Warriors? Like, you go up twenty and you start shooting threes, they're gonna get back in that game, and you're gonna lose that game. Like, as soon as they started pulling jump jumpers from like outside, I was like, dude, just take the fucking layup. Like, what are y'all doing anyway? I mean, initial one was Maz. I'm going to have to pick Golden State because I don't want to be wrong twice. Yeah. Uh, Golden State. On the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go with the Heat. Right. I know that the Celtics are the favorite probably just because of how great their defense is. But as a native Houstonian, I want to ride with Jimmy Buckets from Tomball, Texas. I want him to get back to the finals because I think the Heat have a decent shot if they play the Warriors. Um, I think the Celtics would probably beat the Warriors, but I don't know. That one would probably be the best series. But I'm going to go Heat over Warriors in the finals. Finals MVP, Jimmy Buckets, baby. Tomball, Texas. And it will be in seven games. It will not be in anything less than that. I think it will go seven. And I want to say that the finals will redeem the last two rounds of playoffs. I'm hoping. All right. I feel like I'm kind of taking a – a cop out here i feel like everybody's gonna be making this pick but um i'm unfortunately going with the snakes of oakland to win their first title since 2015 Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. i think steph curry finally wins finals mvp and i think it'll be in six games over the celtics nice um i think they would close it out in oakland in that scenario um yeah because the 
Eastern Conference team, no matter who it is, is going right. to have. I think they would they would have home court. Over yeah, their home court. So yeah, I'm going uh, Warriors in six over the Celtics. Steph Curry finally gets that Finals MVP. The Snakes of Oakland finally win since 2015 when they when they got lucky and the Cavs team got injured. Yeah, and I think that's a good that's a good prediction just because I think that the Warriors themselves know that this might be their window is this year. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries that they've lucked into, namely John Morant. Um, but, you know, not having to face Phoenix, not, you know, just having to face Luka and some ragtag bench role players is that's the easiest conference finals you can ask for, for a team that's as yeah. battle tested as the Warriors. So they have really no excuse to go out there and win it. Um, I personally hope they lose um, just because I hope they lose. I'm glad they're good. I'm glad they're proving it without uh, King Snake. Um, we haven't mentioned him all episode, so I just I had to steer that conversation yeah. in a way that we could make him, you know, bring him back. Yeah, he's he's at home. We, he got swept, yeah. We so. we glazed over that sweep too easily. Like yeah. we we did not give him enough shit or Kyrie. We'll come back to that, but <laughs> you know, I think it, it'll be exciting for Golden State fans because they'll finally have what they need to do what they do and that's be annoying and yeah. talk about these rings and you know Steph will have four which is unfortunate for LeBron fans um yeah but you yeah, know really two yeah so. it's two everyone knows it's two yeah but yeah absolutely yeah um all right so we have made it to what you feeling um I'll go first here uh I am feeling the new Kendrick Lamar album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, and especially the new Harry Styles, a.k.a. Harold Hitmaker album, Harold Hitmaker. titled Harry's House. Um, that is excellent. Big fan of that album. Yeah, that's all he does, so yeah. it's appropriate. No lies heard. Um, what, what are you feeling? Um, I'm actually feeling um, I moved cities since the last time we spoke. Damn. So yes, you did. I moved from Houston, Texas, long time Houstonian. I uh, moved to Austin, Texas, the capital of Texas, uh, tech hub, whatever. Uh, my girlfriend got a job and we're just like, let's go. So now we live in Austin, new experiences. We're about a month in. Um, so digging it so far, haven't been, doing a lot other than starting new jobs and getting settled in this new town but looking forward to you know going out going to some shows in this very music heavy city we saw Sigur Ross last night um and I saw Turnstile like two weeks ago so let's go shout out Turnstile let's go album of the year last year so that is what I'm that is what I'm feeling I love it man yeah man I'm pumped for yeah. you yeah this big big new beginning excited new beginning <laughs> yeah big new beginning for well sure deserved. yes sir Hell yeah. We love to hear it. Okay. You number one podcast listeners, you know what that means? Let's hit that too much sense intro. All right. You know, I like to end each episode. It's too much sense advice you didn't ask for, but I'm going to give you anyway. And I thought that um, we were talking about it earlier. So I thought it was an appropriate topic for this episode. And that's learning how to apologize. Um, we talked about it with the Josh Donaldson thing. There should be no caveats to your apology. If you're sorry, you're sorry. Um, if you're not, you're not. But 
there should never need to be a yeah but in an apology um, if you're truly sorry and you're and you're working on actual moving past the situation. Um, I think all too often, f- for one, we overuse the word sorry. So um, a lot of times it kind of loses its meaning. So um, one thing you number one podcast listeners should keep in mind is to make sure that you're using it um, appropriately. Don't overuse it. Um, don't be sorry for things that um, you shouldn't have to be sorry about. I think that's a bad habit we get ourselves into. But along with that is using it the right way and um, apologizing completely by listening to that other person's concerns and proving that you heard what they had to say. Um, And that's the only way you can move past the situation is if you fully comprehend what you're apologizing for. Um, So along with this is not half-assing apology, not adding any stipulations to the apology. You either are sorry or not. Um, and I think saying what you mean and meaning what you say is a big part of moving past the situation and, um, actually apologizing the right way. So that's my too much sense for today. For Mr. Josh Donaldson himself. Yeah. He was, he was the motivator. He He was good for one thing today. He could have used that. That's great advice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. You number one podcast listeners that does it. For a brand new edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I've been your host, Premobot. Yes, sir. For my co-host, Roshanbot. Thank you for joining me, man. He always, man. It's always fun. Yes, sir. Glad live from a brand new city. Live from a brand new city for the first time. My first, yeah. my first episode recorded in Austin, Texas. Shout out. Hell yeah. You number one podcast listeners, you know the drill. Like, subscribe, share this episode. I greatly appreciate um, each of you that do that and uh, support the number one podcast in your headphones. Wouldn't do it without you guys. And um, I, I sincerely appreciate it. We will talk to you on the next edition. Peace. Peace.